Spectre Cinema Club Episode 176. Adrian on Letterboxd gives the voyeurs 2.5 out of 5 stars, saying, Hitchcock for the young and horny. Stupidly hot, stupidly fun, and stupidly stupid. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with all the horror subgenres. I am one of your hosts, Garrett McDowell, and joining me on this uh, last episode of this horniest month we've probably ever had, uh, it's Devon Taylor. Hello, hello. I hope you guys have uh, been listening in through your laser beam uh, guided audio tracks. Uh, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what uh, this movie uh, makes you question, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, makes you go, huh, lots of times uh, is we... Uh, close in on uh, or close out our mm-hmm. month on erotic thrillers and uh, this one uh, this is gonna be a fun episode because it's like one of the ones I've mentioned on the pod at least three times mm-hmm. uh, so we finally get uh, one of those uh, you still gotta wait a few months for to 10 yeah. uh, to 10 is coming but not quite yet. Maybe that'll just be like the new inside joke on the podcast is like, no, this, we'll do the Titan episode eventually. And then it just never comes. We just continue to tease it and tease it out. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to fight it for much longer. Um, but um, I'm curious on um, as as we wrap up our uh, month of erotic thrillers. Um, uh, so do you feel more comfortable with them being in the horror subgenre, as we are a horror movie podcast? I feel that they they have to prove their case. I don't think that they immediately get in the door. I think it depends on to what degree is the horror elements of the film, particularly in regards to like crimes of passion, like we've talked about, where usually these films have to have some sort of murder or death or something to be fearful of rather than just, you know, people having sex and being worried about infidelity or something like that. There has to be something a bit more to it, maybe a bit more of a bite. So uh, for me, it's not like an immediate you're welcoming into the club, but uh, I, I kind of have to uh, hear a case for it, but I will say I think all of the films that we've covered this month, I, I would say certainly were good picks for our, you know, for all of our guests who picked these films. I think they they understood the assignment. Yeah, there has to be a, a layer of sinisterness mm-hmm. to to it at some point, like because I was trying to think of ones that are erotic those that wouldn't count in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I honestly like. Because I remember we were talking about like maybe if we did like a programming thing, like maybe doing like wild things or something like that. But I almost don't think wild things would would count. It does. It's not exactly dark enough or um, or the film that, you know, kind of inspired me to watch this film or like kind of gave me similar feelings uh, would be uh, a simple favor from a few years ago. Like, also, I, mean, I don't think quite. Yeah, no, does it's it's too funny. It's yeah. too kind of bright and bubbly. And like, yeah, there's a murder. Um, but it's not as again not as not as sinister. So like a simple favor wouldn't have qualified for this month in my book either. Yeah, and even something like Eyes Wide Shut, which has a lot of like 
suggested murder of like did they kill this person or did they not i think that that movie just in the the vibe alone like just the tone and the feeling of that movie alone it is icky and eerie enough yeah, to kind the, of the like gothicness like, a- added to it and yeah. like you know anytime you bring in some like gothic imagery yeah you know um, it when you see it i think that's the best way to put it you know you know it when you see it and some movies have it and some movies don't yeah i i was uh, very happy with our curation this month i'm very uh pumped for the curation next month uh, but before we get into the movie for today a few messages from the ouija board uh follow us on patreon patreon.com slash specter cinema where you can enter the phantom zone supernatural place of bonus goodies uh for you guys um watching the watch list number three is out right now uh you can hear our first time watches of cure and eyes without a face which accidental happy uh, uh coincidence with the there with of this yeah yeah with yeah. Our, our movie today <laughs> didn't even do uh notice that and then um, our movie commentary, um, uh, at the time of this recording, it should be out in a couple days, um, which will be on Bride of Chucky to close out the month. Uh, we did get some new patrons within the past week. Um, so shout out to uh, Tyler Coleman, my boy. That's uh, my best friend of many, many years. Uh, he doesn't listen too much, but he, you know, he still wants to support the cause. I love, love the people because I have a few people like that in my life who are like, I don't even like horror movies, but I just want to support what you guys are doing. And yeah, shout out to you guys. Yeah. We'll take your money. Yeah. I, I, I have friends that I told them I was like, I was like, hey, just like subscribe in the podcast app and like yeah. download them when they come out. You don't gotta listen. A to, retweet just, here or there, even if you don't listen to the show. You know, we appreciate the love. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Tyler. Love you. Um, uh, uh, shout out to Manny Magalon, um, who is a online friend who was also like in the Screen Junkies like kind of Facebook group community ah, back in era. the day. Yeah. Um, uh, me and Manny got to uh, catch a movie together uh, for movie? the first time. Uh, which movie did we see? It was uh, at Beyond Fest. It was oh um. We saw the VHS 99 and whatever movie came after that. Uh, I we, see. I see. Uh, got to watch both of those. Dope. And uh, shout out to Lucy Landau, who is um, over from our, our uh, Pot and Pendulum family over there. Um, uh, she uh, guested on one of the Saw episodes that I did, and she's a wonderful supporter of Pot and Pendulum. And now she's supporting us as well. Woo-hoo. So thank you so much, guys. Um, so again, uh, patreon.com slash Cinema. And let's get into the movie for today's episode. The Voyeurs, released September 10th, 2021, written and directed by Michael Mohan, uh, cinematography done by Alicia Christian, score done by Will Bates, and edited by Christian Messini. Um, There is no box office for this one because this was an Amazon original. And I was talking with somebody on Twitter uh, a few days ago about how, like, 2021 was a weird year Mm -hmm. because there's so many, like, great films that, like, kind of went under the radar because that was, like, the first year where it's like, okay, everything that, like, was produced before pandemic is out already. Right. So it's like... The brands have to put something out. Not a lot of movies were being made. Um, Theaters were still um, not... I mean, some theaters were open, but people weren't really Depending going to the were, yeah. yeah. People weren't really going to the theaters around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, this was I think 2021 was there was a lot of like straight to streaming service ones that like kind of just got lost in the shuffle. Uh, many films, uh, you know, something like Pig, you know, should have been a much bigger hit than it was, Man. but you know, got lost in the shuffle. It was a hit in my heart. I'll tell you that much. It is a hit in my heart. God, I love that movie. 
Um, but and this also like kind of affected the Rotten Tomatoes in a weird way because I'm kind of surprised there weren't more reviews for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, only 38 reviews and it is sitting at a 45 percent. Nah, that's not great. Yeah, and I I didn't look at the score because uh, I know that's a component of our show. But I was curious how many people had like logged this movie on Letterbox, and I went down and it was only like in the low tens of thousands. So I feel like, despite the fact that there are quite a few people in this movie who ha- are uh pretty famous now, Sydney Sweeney is like a pretty big name. Justice Smith, uh, Natasha Leo Bordizzo was just in the Ahsoka series, like a co-lead in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's some like pretty big names in here. I was just surprised that I, I, mean, I felt like this kind of what I felt like the kids would have loved this one. The teens, you know, should have been talking about this on TikTok. I mean, first season of Euphoria and second season of Generation were both out around this time. So yeah, yeah I am honestly surprised. And that's weird that it's not logged as much. But then like whenever I, I was like looking at the notes, uh, Amazon claims that it was like one of their most watched originals. But we don't we never yeah. see those numbers. So we don't know that. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really complicated because you also look at something like Red Notice, like that Netflix made a few years ago with like The Rock and uh, Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. And they're like, this is the biggest movie we've ever made of all time. And you look around and you're like. I I oh. didn't watch Red. Did you watch Red the, Notice? Did, did who watched Red Notice? The Netflix <laughs> the Netflix top ten trending is the biggest lie. Like it is never accurate at all. It's just like literally their most recent thing yeah. that they're trying to push. It's it's top so ten trending at like five of their employees' house. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was surprised that even not a lot of people logged on Letterbox. Not a lot of people uh, reviewed it either. I find yeah. that kind of fascinating. Um, but what do you think the letterbox average rating is right now? I don't think it's going to be favorable because I think as we discussed in our month of camp episode, camp is something that is a a bit aloof to, to a lot of people and uh, a bit hard to kind of pin down. So I think that there are going to be a lot of like one stars, uh, you know, two star reviews of this movie that are weighing that down. So I'm going to say it is probably at like a 3.1. Uh, you're being generous um, because you were right about the I was looking at reviews and stuff. A lot of one and two star reviews. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> tough. Movie. Yeah. A lot of people uh, did not like it, which is kind of funny to me. Um, but at the same time, I get it. Uh, it's sitting at a 2.6 out of five. Hey, so, well, so not yeah. fresh uh, with the critics, not fresh with Letterboxd, but it's fresh with me because uh, I did choose this movie. Um, I remember again i think i watched it like maybe the same week as a simple as a simple favor mm-hmm. and me and brit had had so much fun watching that movie because like the, the twists and stuff and i was like i was like oh okay so yeah. modern erotic thrillers we're doing it we're back and um and so then whenever i watched this it like kind of gave me that that same feeling um i was just like this movie is silly and ridiculous but also oh so horny mm-hmm. um and i think it's just a lot of fun i was like i was like this is a fun like these are like the the fun moments of erotic thrillers i'm like i think uh, for an erotic thriller in your third act you have to have at least three but then moments yeah. and this movie delivers that in spades in this uh cuckoo bananas third act and uh, so I just really love the experience of watching it. And I mm-hmm. think uh, this movie uh, is a great example of like just kind of the fun you can have. Because it's like, yeah, when you think it too hard on this, it, uh, a lot of the logic doesn't make sense. Um, it, it's very over the top. Um, and I can see why that doesn't jive for certain people. But just as far as like the type of experience I look to have when mm-hmm. watching an erotic thriller. I get a lot of that in this. Um, we It's very erotic, very sexy. I think this is the most skin uh, we've seen in any of the films that we've talked about this mm-hmm. month. Uh, lots of butt shots. 
Um, I mean, people are titties get, galore. Titties getting down, going down. Yeah. I mean, it, this is there's at least a baker's dozen in there. This is uh, definitely so it's got the eroticness. Uh, the thrilling angle doesn't come in until like the second half, mm-hmm. but once it does, this movie's kind of mean. Like in the in the uh, things that it's doing in the third act, yeah. Um, maybe like kind of the meanest of uh, some of the films that we've uh, discussed here, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, get, it has the camp factor and it's got the twist. So like this is a I, I really enjoy this movie. I'm very curious to yeah. see how you felt about it. <laughs> I th- I think um, you'll be pleasantly surprised um, because I think you and I are in the same box pretty much. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like if I say this and anyone who listened to the episode, they'll be like, oh, OK, I could see how this is going. I felt nearly identical to this as I did to Saltburn. I just think Saltburn is like a slightly better made movie with better performances and looks a lot prettier and I think has a bit more to it to where I think that this is kind of a slightly less you know well-made version of that film to where it's got hot people in it it's it's slutty it's sexy it is kind of mean it's kind of mean-spirited and in the third act it's just throwing whatever it can at the wall some of it sticks some of it doesn't um but i do appreciate the ride that it kind of takes the audience on and it really is trying to deliver twist after twist and uh a, a memorable experience um i think that Watching this, I was pretty surprised that this wasn't as popular as I was kind of expecting it to be. Like I had already mentioned, like this is a film with people who are quite popular nowadays. And it is also a movie that has those kind of like those moments that you almost kind of want to watch it with other people or tell other people to watch it. It's like, oh, man, have you seen The Voyeurs? That movie is crazy. Kind of how like Saltburn was for a lot of folks to where it is this uh, communal experience and shock and awe. And I don't think that this movie is quite as quote unquote shocking as Saltburn is. Again, we, we, we talked about how shocking that film actually is. Um, but I think that the voyeurs is kind of a version of that. I think mm-hmm. that they would be a good pairing, a good double feature. I think it's camp. I think it's silly. I think it's, chock full of stupid moments this is a dumbass movie (laughs) with some dumb fucking dialogue and some dumb lines and some dumb characters doing dumb shit but i was i was enjoying being the my own voyeur you know one could say the audience is the voyeurs of this movie Uh and i just felt like hey man whatever you guys are doing i'm gonna i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna i'm not gonna support it i'm not gonna like cheer you on but i will spectate and oh my god just some of the the choices that are made in this movie baffling but a good time Wow, I actually am pleasantly surprised because as I was re-watching this, I go, oh, Garrett's going to hate this. I was like, this movie is so on the nose that, like, Garrett is probably pulling his hair out. So, See, like, the I was, thing I is, was, though, I am shocked. The thing is, though, is it kind of circles back to it. It's like, I was kind of watching it and being like, what are we doing here? Is this camp? Is this, like, earnest? Are you guys taking yourself seriously right now? And I was kind of waiting for the movie to find its foot in. And then in the third act, which, judging by people's letterbox reviews, is the hated part of this movie, because it totally jumps the shark. Where For me, I was like, oh, no, you're committing to the bit. Like, you are committing to a tone and a level of seriousness that I think the rest of the film probably should have ditched you know like i would have preferred kind of the 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 ridiculous factor that something like saltburn has to where it's able to have these moments of these cartoonish characters that you're able to kind of laugh at not just yeah the, re- the most of the movie is really serious in the last 30 minutes or as you said cuckoo bananas you know but i i, I thought it was a good time you know i i think there is a level of of irony to I this movie think, i almost think that's like kind of part of the bit of this movie because like it's not the like playfulness of salt burn but like 
of how serious it is taking itself mm-hmm. while also being ridiculous is yeah. like kind of that's that's the, right? that's the camp charm for me. I was yeah. like, this movie is it takes being it so seriously so that it comes serious. back around to being camp again. Yes. It's, it's kind of impressive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of a Nick Cage uh, of a movie there in, you a, go. in a way. Yeah, uh, you know when it is. Yeah, so I, I found it. I found it very fun. Um, so uh, do you want to get into a 60 second synopsis and, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little switch up today. I'll do it today. Hit me with what you got. Let me get the old, uh, let me get the old, actually, I've got a watch on. Let me use the watch. We never actually get to use a, a proper watch on here. So, uh, this is not a, a stopwatch and a uh, stopwatch. Unfortunately, this is, uh, you think I, I brought a stopwatch? I, like I'm like an old, like boxing coach. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I really do have an affinity for those metal stopwatches. I kind of want one. All right. Three, two, one. Begin. All right. So we got young hot couple Thomas and Pippa uh, are moving into their new Canadian apartment and um, they are fresh and in love. They are living together for the first time. And uh, as they are kind of in that honeymoon phase of enjoying cohabitating, uh, they start uh, voyeuring against their neighbors across the street who have no curtains and are just letting everything hang out as they fuck. And uh, Thomas and Pippa uh, at first are intrigued by it. They get a little horned up by it, but then it starts to tear them apart as Pippa gets in way too deep, not minding her business whatsoever. And uh, uh, deaths unfold. Are some of them real? Some of them are fake. Uh, there's going to be uh, some things. And uh, Pippa works at an optometry office, which is definitely going to come into play. The Voyeurs. The Voyeurs with 10 seconds to spare. Good work. Good work. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to this film. And I think it is one of those movies that I could see a lot of people being like, oh, that sounds like four other movies that I can just think of off, of the, yeah. off the top of my mm-hmm. head. So it's not a complicated story. But the way that I see it is like, well, yeah, but also how many haunted house movies can you think of? You know, mm-hmm. like so many just because there is this subgenre or I guess more of a theme of voyeurism. I think in a modern day and age, there there probably is a limit on how how creatively you can communicate that. So for me, it's not necessarily a deal breaker to be like, oh, yeah, it's like Rear Window and Disturbia and, you know, four other movies. Yeah, and I mean, and this, it's not maybe as stylish as some of the other ones that we've talked about, like as as far as it's like lavishness, Mm -hmm. but this movie is still very well put together. Um, I think the score is really nice, and as far as, yeah, the, the plot goes, like it's not anything that you haven't seen before but again it's like it's the the, the commitment to it and yeah. then like and then also using that you have seen this setup to then try to pull off these ridiculous That's twists the thing, though it's like a know? lot of it is familiar but then in that last little bit it's like oh wow like i that's kind of the nice one-two punch of this movie is it sort of sullies you in to being like i know where this is going and then in the last bit it kind of pulls out the rug from under you it does it does uh one of my favorite things i like when you do a, a double twist and it's like because i could see the first one coming, I was like, I know right. Julia's still alive. Of somewhere. course. I know that. Yeah. But then the reveal of the art exhibition, I go, wait, what? Wild. And then also Justice Smith fucking kills himself after, you know, watching his girlfriend cheating on him. Like that entire thing was crazy, too. Oh, yeah. Going from like one of the, you know, like kind of sexiest scenes of the entire film to just complete his darkness. stare and then her coming home and with the as he brings home the flowers it's just like oh my god yeah I think that movie really takes a turn to also for these characters too like you really start to perceive these characters in, in quite a different way as the as 
as uh, Pippa, portrayed by Sidney Sweeney, just starts to sort of like degrade throughout the entire mm-hmm. film and just start to make, you know, even worse choices. Yeah, there's um, as far as uh, getting into subgenre stuff here, um, it's uh, again similar territory that we've been getting into, uh, especially the way we kind of split it up in the month. Uh, first half was like kind of more the infidelity fantasy kind of stuff, but then we bring mm-hmm. that into this along with the voyeurism of last week's episode. Yeah. Um, and I think this one is um, the most interesting uh, as far as like determining the scale of morality. Uh, as far as some of the conversations we've had this month, like, because, uh, you know, we meet Thomas and Pippa and they are kind of like instantly endearing. Like they are very cute. They're in love. Yeah. And you can, and the movie spends a lot of time, like, you know, like, because this is a long movie, I'll say the pacing is a bit wonky. Um, but it does take its time to like try to establish their relationship, try the to establish a bit wonky. Let's be honest. Yes. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, and like trying to establish Pippa and Julia, but like, you know, you're, you're, we're instantly like this couple yeah. and like, and you want to see the best. And then it's like, like you said, like as something starts off innocent and you see the way that those two kind of react mm-hmm. to it. And then Pippa kind of just going down further and further down the rabbit hole to where, you know, there is the point where you're just like, oh, my God, girl, stop. Like, you're yeah. doing too much. And it's like kind of the the perfectly timed whenever she has dinner with her friend that's like, hey, you're kind of on some crazy wild shit. I mean, her friend was supportive. Kudos yeah. to her uh, supporting toxic behavior. But she also told her, she's like, you're being crazy. You need therapy. You need yeah. to stop. She's like, like I, I love you and support you. And good God, but please go to therapy uh, tomorrow. I, I thought the funniest element of the movie and probably one of those moments where you were like, pfft. Garrett's going to fucking hate this is when uh, following the party, they sneak into their house for this Halloween party and set up this mirror so they can do the laser radio like we were talking earlier. Uh, shoot. I don't know how true this is. I'm no scientist, but shoot just like a regular old like laser pointer at a mirror somehow hits a receiver. I don't know, it, but the, they can hear what's yeah. happening mm-hmm. in the apartment. That's all that we really need to know. So they're listening into this conversation and uh, in order to, for them to like find where the laser is, she takes this inexplicably big chalkboard that they have in the house, which I don't, did they show that earlier in the movie? It's just this giant, like classroom size chalkboard that has a drawing of them, which uh, she takes the erasers of and erases the drawing of their, you know, them, their, their couple, their relationship to listen into the other couple. And I was like, Good job, movie. Well fucking done, man. But also kind of in like a camp in an ironic way to where I was like, ah, it's a metaphor. Nice. You this, know, it this... didn't feel it didn't feel like uh, condescending or and it just felt, I don't know, kind of dumb. This movie <laughs> is not subtle in the slightest. And I commend it in how on the nose it is. Uh, scratch that on the eyes it is ah. uh, because like committing to being that on the nose with yep. everything. Like you said, erasing their relationship from the chalkboard. Right. Uh, you know, she's an eye doctor that is addicted to watching people now. Yeah. I think that's also, like, but also it, like the punishment that this couple gets, it's like, you'll never be able to see again. You know, it's, it's, it's all over the place. If I, if I had to make a stretch for a subgenre, I think there is kind of almost an addiction angle here because like, it's, you know, mm. kind of, you know, Showing, like, hey, things in moderation are fine. Like, if, hey, you want to indulge in a little kinkiness? Like, you know, yeah. the, the first scene where they're, like, you know, having sex while watching it, I was like, this is hot. This is cute. I like it. Like, yeah. I'm into it. But then, like, you know, you can indulge a little bit. So I, I guess I'll say alcohol addiction because, like, 
obviously drink in moderation. It's a good time. All sure. good. But then once you're going too hard and like fucking Pippa's waking up in the middle of the night, grabbing the binoculars to like watch them sleep. It's like, God yeah. damn, girl, like you are a like, hundred dollar binoculars. Like she is a fiending yeah. to, to watch them. Like and yeah. so so there's a weird addiction angle here without it being drug based. Yeah, I could definitely see that, especially when it comes to, to Thomas, who is like constantly warning her throughout the entire film of like you're continuing to do this and you're just disregarding all of the repercussions until you know it kind of puts a wedge between their relationship which i would say a lot of people who have dealt with addiction i would say is probably um a, 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 another component of that is how it affects your relationships but i would say for me the, the camp angle is there o- obviously the thrills are there uh but i don't know is is cuck horror a thing is <laughs> cuckold horror a thing because i think that is this now. is kind of it's not quite there but there certainly is uh, a component to it uh this it and it was you know an element of one of our other conversations is like this idea of like monogamy horror and like being more open to uh you know not necessarily like polygamy but swinging as justice justice smith uh, <laughs> calls it in this movie uh but not necessarily just being committed to one person it's something that is directly referenced in this uh film and i think that is really what Pippa's journey is throughout a lot of this movie is her reconciling with this idea of being attracted and like fantasizing about somebody else and being with somebody like Thomas, who I don't think that she feels really comfortable opening up about all that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting that in the you know context of an erotic thriller that this one it feels so modern, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of because even double lover which is from 2017 still feels like a callback you know to like the more 90s style this one feels very modern in a way that like you know they aren't regressing the timeline back this isn't a period piece and then we are you know engaging with you know the topics of today the technology of today and like you know like being able to you know like oh google the percentage of people in open relationships like that's very a very modern thing and like you know also laser radio lest we forget laser laser radio (laughs) radio i will say the science does check out okay um uh as far as like yes because light does but is he supposed to know that because he makes jingles for fucking commercials for erectile dysfunction like why do why do either of them know that well he's a he used to be like a dj and in a band too so like he he might just be a He's a, he's a, hey, he's a physicist. <laughs> no, okay. I will say some of uh, the smartest people I know, or uh, like some of my friends that are music producers, are some of the smartest people I know. Like there is a lot of sh- oh yeah, shit that yeah, goes no into disrespect, knowing, but like that's a very specific piece of information to just know off the top of your head. I mean, you know, he he, he looks like uh, he was maybe the he maybe he was the the physics nerd that dropped out of school to be maybe. a musician. Yeah, or maybe it was a science project in middle school. Whatever. That, like, I I just I think I appreciate again the commitment to the bit of like just hand waving it away of the laser radio. They're just like it's who cares? Like it, it might check out, it might not. It, let's move the plot hey, along. <laughs> th- th- as I always say, as long as you make an attempt to explain it and it sounds somewhat reasonable, I'm fine. All right with me. <laughs> I'm not questioning. I mean, I am questioning how creepy it is because yes. the origin of this is from him peeping in college, and so so I want to uh, start uh, talk about our couple here in. So, so, cause Thomas, 
he is not really going along with it. Like he mm-hmm. is the one that is like coerced into it to begin with, with her like kind of encouraging it. But yeah. then he does introduce this added angle that like kind of takes it to the next level for Pippa. Yeah. Um. But I would still put Thomas at like the bottom of our morality scale. Um. But like, where do you, uh, what do you think about like, and then the way he reacts because he did, you know, kind of, you know, at, you know, feed into it yeah. and enable her in a way. But then at the same time, like, I mean, he, you know, changes pretty quick, but I mean, whenever they thought that Julia committed suicide because of Pippa's meddling, yeah. you know, I, I was like, oh yeah, that kind of is the time to, uh, to yeet out the door. <laughs> yeah. I think he definitely, as a character kind of crosses the line and then goes, we cross the line. It's time to stop. And I think that Pippa just doesn't, she just continues to make the situation worse and worse. Does that make him as, does that make him uh, just as bad for even knowing that the line is there and still crossing it? Um, I, I mean that I think once they go to the party and once they start doing the lasers and all that kind of stuff and, and they overhear that fight, I think that that is for him to where he's kind of like, oh, this isn't sexy and fun and cute anymore. Like, these are people's fucking lives, and we just witnessed domestic abuse happen. Like, this isn't some kinky thing that you can give me a handy, you know, while we peep on the neighbors. I think for him, that's the moment where he's like, it's got to be done. But for her, she starts to kind of have this kinship with this woman across the street and feels the need to tell her about what's happening. And so I think from her, she still has the best intentions, but you know, the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. So, I mean, if you're asking out of the four of them, who is the most moral, it's absolutely Thomas because it's certainly not Seb and Julia and Pippa, you know, uh, gets Thomas killed. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's perfect. He certainly makes a lot of mistakes and, you know, putting the mirror and and spying on them is obviously an issue. But I think it's very clear that his character understands like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Let's let's stop where Pippa keeps on going. Yeah, I think there's. Yeah, I think I think it's fascinating because, yeah, he does, you know, see the line and tries to draw back in. And, you know, and I like how you pointed out, like, you know, they're watching, you know, what they think is domestic abuse, what they think is like, you know, cheating and all these things and like feeling this obligation to like do something. And I think that, um, you know, reflects on the one of the main themes of the film, like at one point, whenever they're like explaining art exhibitions, like we give people access, like, you know, like people have access to your lives in like unprecedented ways through the yeah. Internet and things like that. And they kind of still pose the question, though, like, just because you're given access, does that still, you know, right. make it okay to do it? And it's like, you still have a choice. Like, even if the window is open and they are, you know, welcoming, you know, people can see them, do you, is it still okay to look? You know, yeah. and that's like kind of like the, the base foundation for like the entire movie. Yeah, and I would say that I, whether or not I think that this movie confronts that in like a unique perspective i think is certainly up for debate because i think a lot of movies that deal with themes of voyeurism are all kind of to me i i I feel attacking the subject from pretty similar angles of being like either one questioning these characters of like when is it okay to like look or have concern into other people's lives or two also kind of the holding the audience accountable for it as well i think you know like we discussed with with rear window i i think that that theme and that idea um has been around uh for a long time in cinema i just don't think that this movie necessarily has a ton of the chops to be able to 
attack that idea thoroughly. Um, and I think a lot of that is due because of the morality of this movie is so gray. Like we've mm -hmm. been talking about where like Pippa, yeah, she loses Thomas, but I feel like what are we as an audience supposed to take away from this movie other than buy some fucking curtains? You know, I, I think walking away from this film similar to Saltburn, I feel like what this movie is trying to communicate is opaque because a lot of the characters and their morality and what I think the filmmaker is trying to get across about whatever the themes or whatever the ideas are, are also sort of opaque. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a hot well, mess, man. It's a hot, hot mess. I mean, and it's, and it's different from, you know, comparing it to the like same morality exploration of rear window, because again, this is like so modern. There's a lot more yeah. variables going on here, you know, with the, the internet, with everything and the way that we kind of view these circumstances. Sure. Like, so it, it makes it even more gray as to like, okay, like when is it the time, like when you're able to do something? Um, but, uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, Sebastian and Julia uh, here, our super sexy couple across the street. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think Ben Hardy is uh, shows <laughs> the most skin out of anybody in this he movie. Hangs honestly, he's got like a side dong kind of shot. We get yeah. some side dong, lots yeah. of his ass. I mean, he is shirtless for almost the entire movie. Good for uh, him. So Good so for commitment him. to uh, I, the, my uh, runner up for Letterboxd <laughs> review was like Ben Hardy is naked the entire movie and is probably doing push ups in between takes. Like yeah, he. Uh, in terrific shape also not related to tom hardy i felt the need uh, to look that up so if in case anyone was knowing yeah ben hardy uh, uh no relation just a just an ironic kind of funny name i suppose <laughs> yeah and, and i really like the way that it is introduced like you know because i've done that whenever i'm at the bar like oh hey let's make up the story for these people over here right and, like kind of do the whole yeah, thing I, and like i like that was like a bonding thing for them too to where they're like oh what are their names and they're like oh i bet it's this they look like a that you know i thought that that was very relatable yeah so like i like the way that's introduced and yeah, it's it's fascinating because even once um, Pippa gets to meet Julia, uh, even as uh, Pippa gets to meet Julia, you know, she's still keeping the secrets of like, you know, that they've been watching and that they crashed their Halloween party and like all these things. Um, it, but then, you know, so like you're watching it and like, I, you know, I feel bad. But then at the same time, it's like, you know. Pippa, you really don't need to be doing all this. This is, like, their own problems. Like, even the friends, like, calling them out, just like, hey, maybe they're open. Maybe it's not a cheating thing, you know? And, like... Yeah. Well, it is a slippery slope, like I had mentioned with these characters, to where I think what I, what I enjoyed about the two of them is... It also is sort of asking the audience, at what point are you jumping off or what point are you as an audience member OK with their actions? It, you know, was them buying the, the binoculars in the first place too much? You know, is that is that going beyond just glancing across the street or, you know, or keeping it kind of to your, yourselves where that's a real invasion of privacy? So I love with these characters that, again, there's an escalation of, well, now let's try to sneak into their house and now let's let's talk to them them now let's be friends with them you know and, and then and then and then yeah but then again like still like keeping keeping their secrets and everything and so as far as like the what's actually going on here so we can like kind of get into the dynamics a little bit more yeah because so the the reveal of this whole thing is that this was all set up uh to be an art a performance art piece essentially sure was, sure was. um because seb is a photographer um we see that multiple times i mean mm -hmm. of course we got eye doctor we have photographer everyone has to have an eye related yes. uh, thing except for thomas and that's why he dies because his job is ear related oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. but um 
but uh but yeah, also so, dick related i wanted to point out that like there's a very funny like throwaway joke where he's like working on music for commercials which i was curious if that was going to be a part of the film and i'm sure we'll discuss it in regards to like pippa as a character and her desires but i thought it was an interesting uh kind of uh character trait that thomas was still creative he was a creative person just not in a uh, a luxurious way. He's not doing these art expos. He's doing schlocky commercial music for dick pills. You because know, and, pay, yeah, because it pays the bills. You yeah, know? so it's like, yeah, it is. But Seb is the you know he is the, sexy, the genius art, exactly. sexy genius yeah. artist. Yeah. Um, and so it is revealed that they set this whole thing up like from them getting the apartment to begin with. Like yeah. the real estate agent was in on it because mm-hmm. she's the one that said um, that they can't suspend anything from the ceilings no holes and no curtains um everybody misses that line at the beginning even me the first time i saw it because in my first review i was just like man the power of curtains could have saved so many lives privacy film or anything and um and a lot of people mention that on their letterbox reviews but she does at the beginning say that they're not allowed to do curtains or else they get in trouble which that's a red red flag out the gate it's a nice apartment though it's a really nice apartment signing the lease was them doing their uh, consent release form right. for the art project which i thought that was actually hilarious when mm-hmm. he's like he's like how many times do you click terms and conditions without reading and i was like every time <laughs> is it gonna be me am i gonna be naked in an art exhibit <laughs> yeah and so this whole thing is they've been photographing they've been watching pippa and thomas watch them yeah. as they fabricated this whole uh storyline of cheating and and all the things and the suicide yeah. um so they do uh, so I love uh, again like this movie being mean. We have implied fake suicide, but then also uh, set up suicide yeah. uh, in this uh, when it's just murder. Um, and yeah, the whole thing was elaborate to just like break Pippa down and show that she couldn't resist her urges. Yeah. And um, but then they did kill Thomas uh, that to to kind of get yeah. in it, it. They 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 fudge that part. They left that part out at the, at the gallery. The yeah, at the ga- at the gallery open. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I I think again, like this is like very modern. This whole like kind of reveal sure. of it all because it's like that's not really out the realm of possibility that somebody you know would do this like kind of whole uh little mini Truman Show exhibition here. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there's something very mean about it, you know. And I was just like, like yeah, you guys have a point, and like so like that's where when you get to the end of the movie, like between you know Pippa, Julia, and sebastian who is kind of the worst morally is uh kind of fascinating to look at once everything is revealed yeah i i i did like the the entire gallery segment i thought that that was like a fun twist uh because you know julia walks out of the you know of the shadows which is a twist in and of itself that like oh she's alive which i i mean it, it's technically a twist. I don't think that anybody was surprised. Like you Again, were talking that's the about, part that that's I, the uh, twist yeah. that we were we were all kind of assuming that she was alive. I don't know what what tipped our hand. Was it her going to the eye doctor and putting on glasses and going, "I'm the femme fatale," <laughs> and then looks right at the camera and gives a thumbs up? Was it that? Because uh, I think so. Because she strolls in through the art gallery and goes to the top of the stage. Uh, so that's your twist. She's alive, but then also no. This entire exhibition is for Pippa, and they continue to like dramatically drop the curtains on each of these massive photos. But I thought that that was like a very cool set piece, and also 
is kind of skewering the protagonist in a in an interesting way because like even her f- friend who we've talked about very supportive we love that but is also like I'm not gonna say you don't deserve it like she says that to her when when he kills yeah. himself she's literally saying like I'm not gonna say that you don't deserve what happened which is a crazy thing to say to somebody but I love that there is an element of like kind of fuck around and find out to it which I, I think again as an audience member to me was a fun place to be in i think once you go into this film and assume that all of these characters are likable and are redeemable and are like making good decisions surrender that a little bit i think that movies can be about bad people and complicated people and i think that this is one of those films that it was kind of much like saltburn just fun watching pieces of shit just kind of kill each other and manipulate each other it's just a good time <laughs> messy people being messy is uh one of my favorite subgenres for yeah. sure and and it's fascinating because i'd say uh yes uh even though like again julia being alive wasn't a surprise and like her saying i'm the femme fatale and then like coming out in the like red peacock dress fantastic um it, you know no but notes. at the same time <laughs> i think it was still an interesting twist uh, again that like okay uh, that Thomas did not kill himself, that, you know, that she poisoned him and mm-hmm. then framed it to look that way. Because once everything came out and we see, like, the, like, little press circuit a little bit, um, Sebastian is maybe the hardest character to read in this entire movie because, like, he's really good at putting on the act for the whole thing. Yeah. But then there's moments where you genuinely think, you're like, wait, is this kind of the real him coming out? And in my mind, I'm like... I bet he wanted to do this whole art exhibition, but yeah. the killing was not part of it. So I think he was like, yes, I'm evil enough to manipulate her and do all this. But killing, too much. Julia, on the other hand, is like, nope, we got to go for the cherry on top yeah. and go for the murder. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know. They're both kind of pieces of shit, aren't they? Well, I, yes. I think that, yeah, they're both pretty culpable <laughs> uh, in all of this as far as like who pulled the trigger on Thomas. I, I, I think that that's probably um, a pretty fair read, but I still think in the, at the end of the day, yeah, they, they deserve what's coming to them, which is getting their eyeballs lasered off, which I thought was a, a pretty badass moment from Pippa. <laughs> and you know what? Again, for how on the nose this movie is, and I thought it, again, like the first time I watched this, I was just like, oh, she's an eye doctor. That's clever. That's funny. Laser eye surgery. I yeah. did not think about her blinding them yeah. to like, and you know, the voyeurs, and you, know, and you can't look at anything now. It's all come together. I still <laughs> did not even think about that whenever yeah. she takes her revenge. And it's like, on one point, am I like, good for her but at the same time like not really yeah because like i don't know i almost put pippa and sebastian like on a similar level and then julia is just like a few notches above them that's fair yeah that's fair Uh, but i also like that like even in her being the eye doctor you have she it's multifaceted i think it's just like I, i think it's a cool creative choice to have her be this eye doctor because you have like the idea of obviously eyes looking voyeurism yes but also there's that scene where she visits her at the optometrist and they have oh, that the most eye exam. sensual yeah, eye exam that's a really ever. cool i mean it's a cool moment if you've ever I I know, you have glasses it. so i know that you've gotten your eyes checked and i was waiting for a really relatable moment where julia is in the chair and she she goes like uh, number one or number two and she's like can I see number one again and I was just <laughs> that was just like a very eye doctor specific moment to anybody who's you know been at the optometrist it's just can I see number one again I don't know they look kind of the same <sighs> maybe number two is better 
can I see number one? You know, it's just like this very tedious but sexy, you know, she's rubbing on the knob and the gears and getting closer and, you know, these Only, shots of their lips. It was, I mean, yeah. that that is, I mean, that is them fully knowing we have Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. We can make anything sexy. What can we do? And they go, oh, this eye exam's about to be hot. And it is oh, yeah. like, she's just like licking her lips and like breathing heavy the whole time. And they and, missed a moment. You, have, you know, like the glaucoma test where they do the eye puff air. It could have been her breath where she's like, you know oh my goodness oh, yeah. that, w- that would have been that would have been phenomenal um but i like how it was like kind of edging us a little bit um but i like that um whenever she's also telling thomas about the eye exam and mm-hmm. she's like oh yeah we kind of hit it off we're gonna be friends and he's like 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 what do you mean hit it off and uh, like did you get close to her and she goes i saw the inside of her eye which is like a the very kind of in- soul it's yeah, a little intimate yeah. like thing so like yeah I, I love the way that they tied that in <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i think it's 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 on the nose sure but i think it justifies its existence enough but is also like creative about it again like her getting her revenge by doing the laser eye surgery pippa doesn't strike me as the kind of person she's not gonna like audition these motherfuckers and is like cutting legs off and shit i don't think that she has the stomach for that but you know pushing a button and kind of looking the other way i feel like that it felt true to her character you know yeah so so i i feel like i i really like the way that it all unfolds because it's just like bam 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 let's 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 just do it all um speaking of doing it all let's talk about the sex let's get Um, there so i did hear an episode um once again plugging this podcast uh the whole movie podcast they did an episode on the voyeurs with the director and uh Hmm. it was a very great conversation of kind of modern filmmaking now like he brought an intimacy coach and like kind of the um, you know, comfortability uh, on set and like yeah. who is, you know, who's there keeping things as limited as possible and like and uh, really collaborating with the actors. Like it was really great to uh, mm-hmm. hear like such a like, you know, interesting and like positive experience um, because the sex in this does so many things like, you know, we're uh, once again, of course, we're having that sex and movies discourse right now. Um, and this movie like, you know, shows that it's like, OK, you can have sex that is. We have sex scenes that are sexy that we are meant to enjoy that we're meant to gaze upon, mm-hmm. um, and then there's sex scenes that we're meant to feel uncomfortable about, and then there's sex scenes we're not sure how we're supposed to feel about it. You know, they yeah. use them in so many different ways, and it, you know, in a way that it's again not just people fucking, but there is a lot of fucking and a lot of gazing upon naked bodies, and yeah. every single person in this cast is hot. Like, yeah. uh, you know, so it's like. Um, again, it, it serves a purpose while also being titillating at the times that it, it should, but then also being very clear about like the scenes where you're not like whenever yeah. they're watching, uh, Seb like seduce that one model and he's like very, very pushy, you know, yeah. and that's the one where you're like, Oh, ooh, it's nasty. But then mm-hmm. like when it's him and Pippa, you're like, I don't know how to feel about this. Cause you guys are both kind of doing yeah. different things and have your own motives here. So it's like. Uh, it, it's fascinating. It is, but it is also kind of another one of those very morally gray areas of the film, which I I understand why it might be like an appeal for some people like yourself, but I also totally understand for some people it being kind of a make a choice, you know, communicate something because I I I think that this movie does kind of shotgun blast its its themes and ideas and kind of just does show us again these I suppose this escalation or this spectrum of ideas of uh swinging as it's called in the film and sex and and even these characters and what they are and are not willing to do what is and what isn't 
you know, moral and where is that line? I think that the movie is kind of clumsy in finding that line itself. Um, but I do think and I appreciate how 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 much of in a truly er eroticism is a part of this movie, because if it is going to be kind of this true blue erotic thriller, I think it ought to have some sex in it. And I am also one of those people that is just like, it's okay for movies to have sex in it. It's okay for movies to have naked people. It's not always like objectifying and creepy and weird. And I'm glad that they had a good experience, you know, on this set because I know that there are, are a whole lot, lot of other films where that is not the actor's experience. Um, I do think it's funny that the sex in this movie is the thing that I knew the most about before watching it. It kind of preceded this movie. I don't know if it's just because Sydney Sweeney is the talk of the town, but I thought there was a very funny uh, line from her uh, you know, towards the end of this film where she's like moving out of the apartment and like the movers are looking at the picture of her and she goes, yep, it's my tits. And I kind of felt that that's probably how Sydney Sweeney was on like the press tour for this movie was like, yep, uh-huh. There they are, guys. Those those are my boobs. Yep, th there they are. <laughs> they do a funny thing where whenever uh, they're in the spa and Sydney Sweeney is supposed to be acting like she's shy about her body. I was like, girl. Come, come on, on, come on, come on. We saw, we saw all of Hollywood has seen this. We've seen, <laughs> we know, um, uh, you know, and I, again, like the, I like that the film, cause I don't think the film is saying as much about the, uh, the, the sex and like relationship as much as it is about the, again, morality and, you know, involving yourself and other people's lives. Like, cause I, I think again, like I think, you know, halfway through the movie, you know, sex is just kind of weaponized at this point to like kind of you know drive you know certain characters to certain points but at the end of the day it is uh, uh, all about this manipulation of this fake scenario yeah. that they have created i don't know if you give it enough credit though for being about the relationships i, I do, mean i, I do think that's definitely a part of this like dropping that statistic and the fact that like that first like intimacy scene that we have with them is like her offering to give uh, him a hand job and then she kind of just stops and she's like have sex with me and just watches them while she like comes and fantasizes about being in their apartment so she's in the entire movie like very much so attracted to Seb and I think it's no accident that and again he is kind of this like more successful but creative super muscular mm -hmm. guy to where Thomas is you know like Justice Smith is, is a handsome guy, obviously, but he's like a skinnier, a, a little handsome. bit less less <laughs> successful kind of guy. And so I feel like deep down in Pippa, she does kind of want to have some of oh, what's yeah. over there. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I mean I mean I totally mean that like it, it totally uses it in that way. I just mean it's not like I don't think making a like grand like a grand statement on like on a sex and society at large. It's kind of again, it's yeah. show it's it's used more to explore There is that goat scene though. Well it's it's more to explore their desire. Yeah. You know, and I and I do appreciate that because yeah. like there is this like magnetic pull that she has to him, like regardless of the scenario. Like she's yeah. just been broken up with. She thinks that Julia killed herself and yet she still cannot resist, yeah. you know, and jump at the opportunity to do this. I wish the film because uh, there was one scene where it's her listening and watching and then they cut and she's like in his apartment like yeah. up against the wall i wish they did that more like you know to yeah. like kind of mm -hmm. uh you know 
draw, you know, how much she wants to be close to him. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been, I, I just wish they did that more. They only did it yeah. once. I think there's a few, a few instances too, where like they're at the, the Halloween party and he's kind of got like that goat mask on or whatever it is. Uh, and they're like, you know, looking into each other's eyes and it feels like a very intimate moment just between the two of them. But then there's also the conversation that they have later where he confronts her and they're talking about like the donkey and that entire story. And mm-hmm. he, I think is trying to, like sexually liberate her in a very manipulative sort of way of just saying like, you know that you want this, you know that you cannot be tamed or whatever the phrasing is, is that like just one lover isn't enough for you. You know that you kind of need a little bit more, but she's telling herself this fable, this tale. And he is kind of in a way kind of saying that she is like a slave to her own, I guess, uh, monogamy in a weird well, yeah, way. They, yeah. Well, no, they they are the they're like the pretentious, you know, uh, yeah, uh, progressive couple where yeah. they are looking down on it, which is not the way you should be. Like, yeah. you know, let people do their relationships however they want, but For like sure. they are, like you said, like he's like very much Liberate like kind of scoff. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's scoffing at her, yeah. you know, in this. I'm like, yeah, that that is like kind of. Uh, part of his temptation for sure so i feel like yeah that's kind of more his artist statement versus julia's just like ah, i just want to expose you for how fucking shitty you are and how nosy yeah. you are bitch for <laughs> sure yeah i think the the motivations of the characters probably uh probably aren't aren't the same and the fact that julia also becomes like friends with her too feels also a bit more spiteful yeah and so if if there's anything that i uh as far as um uh, some complaints like yeah the the pacing is very weird it's all over the place it, yeah. like kind of it like ramps up and then we go into another lull and then like kind of even though i do enjoy the third act it does like kind of feel like this like kind of two ending like kind of thing definitely and and it's just like kind of edited funky in the third act um and i think even though um ari uh is probably the hottest person in this movie Mm -hmm. just saying for me uh don't really need the friends in this i feel like we could have maybe gotten rid of them to like kind of focus on a little get more a little bit more of thomas because we don't really get as much of his like he is like the the moral compass in a sense um and like yeah he serves his purpose but like i kind of wanted to get a little bit more uh so that way like you know them i mean they just have natural chemistry together and that's why i cared about them and stuff but it's like i wanted to get a little bit more under the surface with them i agree and i feel like a good example like uh, with with eyes wide shut we were talking about we don't get us we don't get to spend a lot with nicole kidman but i still feel like we totally understand her perspective and i feel like that is just to show that this movie i don't think succeeds as much Mm -hmm. to where thomas is very much so in the background and even though pippa is kind of the central point of view character much like tom cruise i think that uh, thomas gets shortchanged a lot and i would have you know, talk about his perspective and the creative side too. Like it doesn't really seem like she makes like a jab about him working on commercials. And then we should, we are shown again, him working on a commercial again for Dick pills kind of felt like the movie was kind of poking fun at him or like kicking him while Mm -hmm. he was down. So I was waiting for it to kind of come back up, but yeah, we just never really got that time with him. So yeah, I I would have preferred to get his perspective and maybe it could have been another, maybe he would have been into this kind of open relationship sort of thing, you know, maybe surprising her and maybe like a way like, eyes wide shut 
would be kind of twisting our expectations of what yeah. we think we know about this character because it would have been fun to like get the like the the true like you know they talk like because he's the one that even says like uh like do they even call him swingers anymore yeah but they could have done like leaned into that with it doing the full swinging situation where we would have gotten like thomas and julia having their own yeah, like, because little thing together when they're having sex and like looking across the street he like comes first so it seems like he's maybe even a bit more turned on by this thing than she yeah. is yeah so i mean i, I think there there could have been something there but they uh, it felt a bit yeah short change i think would be the way to phrase it yeah but you know it did what it could uh so let's go ahead and get into our final thoughts here out of uh what five binoculars, binoculars? yeah it has go. to be nice yeah. nice um so um for me i was uh, very generous whenever i first saw this movie yeah. uh, again just based off like how kind of the the fun experience uh, of it um but i dropped it down just a smidge from that but it's still uh this is a four out of five for me um because I, I give it a little bit more than a hot mess i mean it is a hot mess but i think it does again just like it does just a little bit more in as far as like on the experience department uh of for me to where yeah and it's just uh again very well put together uh film as well and it's just it's a very original yeah i mean it, it it's original while also again like paying homage to you know so many other films uh obviously rear window which we'll yeah. get to in movie math but like um, I still think it does more than it, it needed to do, um, and I uh, find the uh, questions like for as ridiculous yeah. as it is. But again, like I love how ridiculous as it is. But for as ridiculous as it is, there is still like a you know a very you know fresh modernness to it. Uh, again, like, yeah, you know modern relationships. Like I wrote down like uh, uh, the most millennial thing said in this is whenever um Pippa goes, I have a question. Can we, about kids and he's like oh god and then she's like can we wait four years to have kids and i was like yeah that that's literally the most millennial thing let's have oh, so our four years of living together you didn't talk about it until you moved in together that you wanted to wait to have kids that felt like an odd time to do that it's like you're you're moving boxes right now and you're talking about having kids you maybe should have done that a bit but earlier hey, <laughs> i like but i like them given the cushion but again like that's a yeah. very you know uh it just feels uh very modern <laughs> for the film yeah uh again i really love the i really love the score i also really love the soundtrack i feel like they hacked yeah. my spotify for <laughs> for the yeah, soundtrack. i do a couple tracks on this one um, um, including yeah. the um, Angel Olsen cover of Eyes Without a Face, which yeah. I think is, a, is is really nice. I liked it. It's a solid one. Yeah, I, I did like a lot about this film more than I was sort of expecting to. Um, I think uh, performances across the board are some are good, some are bad. It kind of depends scene to scene for me. Um, Sydney Sweeney is an actress that I have liked a lot of stuff that she has done. I have not liked a lot of stuff that she has done as well. So. I think the jury is kind of still out for her as an actress. Uh, and just as far as my perception of her, I'm kind of waiting for that aha moment for her. And unfortunately, this film is just not really that for me. Um, but I had a good time with it. It's fun. It's sexy. It's silly. It's real stupid. Uh, it's That's chock full <laughs> of this movie. And I love a good dose of uh, stupid in my movies. I just think that there could have been a bit more kind of a wink and a nod here, kind of letting me in on the joke uh, because... There are a few shots in this movie that I don't necessarily need the characters to be acting ridiculous, but there's a few shots in this movie to where they're doing this eye exam or like the end scene where the, she's like sizzling their retinas and then it cuts to an, uh, you know, frying an egg. And I was kind of like, oh, that's like a playful sort of, you know, uh, match cut. And I could have done with a bit more visual flair. You know, I, I think this movie just kind of has Amazon original movie looks to it it didn't really i didn't feel the filmmaker in this um so 
for me, it is like firmly in hot mess category. This is like the poster child for that. I think every element of this movie, it's like some of it's good. Some of it's kind of, you know, again, the tone. Yeah, I like a lot of it, but could have used a little bit more in some areas, characters, performances, all that stuff. So for me, firmly a three and a half uh, out of five. I, I still really enjoyed it, but very stupid. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I thought I was going to be fighting on this one. I no, was, it was like, a good time. I, I, I had my, my guard ready and everything. <laughs> Um, I think maybe that explains it, the boxing gloves in this entire conversation. <laughs> I think it. Um, I think it could have maybe used um a, a little bit more of a some more meta ness maybe. Yeah. Like uh, because there's a there's a scene uh at the very beginning, the first shot of Sydney Sweeney is her in a dressing room and right? she looks at the camera yeah. and like, shuts the curtain. Yeah. Um, I think uh, yeah, if maybe we got good more, hook. Like, I was like, okay, I see what we're doing here. That could have yeah. been fun because we saw that he had like you know three cameras set up in his uh, attic of secrets. They could have been like moving the camera around. Right. And we could have had like some like little perception stuff of you know uh imagine if uh, they gave it a little bit de palma seasoning yeah yeah uh which speaking of which uh, in our movie math i i will say a lot of the movies that we discussed uh this month are going to appear in both of our equations uh but let's get into it yeah <laughs> repeats from this uh yes. <laughs> episode and many others <laughs> yes All right. Uh, I feel like our movie math equations are a little, they're kind of cheating this week uh, a bit. We do have uh, lots of repeats here. Another movie that, that is in your equation that we've talked about a lot that we'll eventually just have to get to. So uh, let me hear your equation. I mean, uh, I love that uh, in both of our equations, only one movie that we have not talked about here on the podcast yes. uh, quite yet. Um, but uh, for me, I went pretty simple in this one and I avoided, I was like, I'll leave rear window out because it's obvious and Garrett will probably put it in his. Sure. I um, so it. I went with the uh, the modern remake of uh, 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 Rear Window, which was mentioned in Movie Math last week, um, is a Disturbia multiplied by last week's episode, Body Double. Yeah. Like, I mean, it literally is like the, the controlling of the scenario, the not being able to look away, the whole Hitchcocky, uh, modern Hitchcockness mm-hmm. of this film film i mean literally just multiply those two together and that's that's this film for me also i think thomas kind of shares some similarities with the lead in that movie too because they're both just kind of pathetic a little bit you, little you, do, bit. you do feel bad for him a little bit but yeah i we need to talk about disturbia that's like a super nostalgic movie for me like big oh man 10 year old garrett was like all about disturbia so we'll have to crack that one open uh eventually uh for me like you had mentioned uh rear window for me is in my first set of parentheses uh, divided by eyes wide shut rear window because i think even a bit more than just Dis- well disturbia has it too doesn't it uh, uh rear window and disturbia i think are both obviously films about voyeurism but specifically the idea of like looking into people's lives and thinking that you know who they are based off of like small interactions mm-hmm. i think that would have actually been oh, nice yeah. for this movie is yeah. for the voyeurs to maybe show other people in the neighborhood like that would have been cool to just oh there's yeah. so-and-so and she's yeah, we walking got like the dog. one shot exactly yeah. yeah i would have preferred a little bit more of that and again that kind of like you don't have to say that we're stealing off of rear window here you go we know this is an homage so maybe some of that could have been uh could have been good for this film i have rear window divided by eyes wide shut um for the reasons that i discussed prior we're mostly kind of stuck with one point of view character very twisty movie mm-hmm. not quite as move uh not quite as moody but very much so about desire and 
having multiple lovers and your heart kind of belonging to other people or your mm-hmm. heart belonging to someone and just wanting to fuck another person. So similar conversations and then raised to the power of Saltburn, everything like I had mentioned, both silly, campy, pretty fucking dumb movies that in the third act for some people, I think Salt, I think this movie sticks the landing better than Saltburn does, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of ramp up into ridiculousness like in the last 10 minutes. And But like I said, I think that this movie kind of kind of sticks it a bit. I when this I ended agree. I felt way more satisfied than I did with Saltburn. I was kind of like, "Oh, you fucked it with Saltburn." But this I was like, "Nice. That was very silly." I, I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. It's not it's not a uh, clean uh I forget what the gymnastics term is for when they stick it, but yeah. like uh it, it's a little bit of a wobble, but yeah. they stay up. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, sure. Like an 8 or 9 out of 10, but this is uh th- I I thought it sucked the landing, man. Simone Biles the the you know, the upward V, it I, it did it for me. Hell yeah. Well, that is going to conclude our month on erotic thrillers. Well, we had five weeks in a row because we had Saltburn last month. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, we um. Uh, I think we got it all out of our system. Um. Because uh, next month we've been edging this entire time. We finally finished. <laughs> we, we got it all out. Um. Uh, but uh. So for next month, um. We are talking the ladies. Ladies night. Uh, which is uh, a returning because uh, we did it two years ago, but we spent the entire month on Slumber Party Massacre series, yeah. which was fantastic. We had a wonderful time, so we thought we'd bring that back around and discuss some horror films directed by women. Yeah, I'm excited for next week's episode, talking a uh, favorite for both of ours. Oh, yeah. This is a, a nice, hefty episode to kick off uh, March, um, as well as um, we... Um, We'll be dropping, before that, we'll also be dropping a special episode where we are talking uh, Black Screen Queens and Final Girls, which is uh, kind of like a nice little bridge between uh, um, uh, Black History Month and then Women in Horror Month. So super stoked for that. So that'll be out here in in a few days. So be on the lookout for that. And then next week, we will be talking American Psycho. Garrett, what do you got going right now? Uh, You guys can follow me over on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd uh, and TikTok at Garrett McDowell. Um, I've also got another podcast. It's a Star Wars podcast. Bunch of cool stuff over there to check out. Um, We did an interview with Vanessa Marshall, who is a voice actor known for a bunch of stuff, but they were Hera in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Got to talk to her, uh, and also The Bad Batch just started up, so uh, we're going to be doing reviews of that every single week, and we just dropped a review of the uh, first three episodes of uh, Season 3, so uh, lots of stuff to check out. Oh, yeah. And we always have links for everything below. You can find me at all the usual places at underscore daddy disco. Um, We are about to kick off a new franchise over on Pod and Pendulum as we uh, wrap up Frankenstein and go into paranormal activity. Uh, So go have fun with us over there. And once again, patreon.com slash specter cinema. But I'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.